Okay, it's February 29, 2024. February 29, 2024. We're leaping today. It is leap year. Uh, we're, the prayer list is still going around, and some folks are still eating. And we're just going to get some preliminary conversation said here, I guess. We'll be going first to Mark chapter 12 when you do get ready. <clears throat> Earl's got me on the spot this week. I got to talk the whole time. Say <laughs> so he was having his water line worked on? Uh, evidently, he sent the people over to his house. Yeah. He had to be here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You do. He only lost 15,000 gallons. What do you think he... 15,000 gallons. They build him for him. What? He usually runs about 1,200 gallons a month. Bob had something possibly important, possibly not. Carry on, Bob. Yeah. Hey, Jerry. We had this man that lived up in Rakestown over there in Idaho. And I was down there reading his water meter. He says... I got a complaint, Gordon. I said, what's wrong? He said, I used too, too much water last month. I said, how much do you use? He said, 40 gallons. 40 gallons. I said, well, that's a lot of coffee, ain't it? <laughs> two weeks later, he was outside in his toilet, fell in, was there for a day or two. Is his wine set over him? Yeah, Coolidge uh, wine set, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, they got him out there day. He's, that was Ivanhoe, right? Ivanhoe, yeah. Yeah, he fell through the, the floor of his little Johnny house, and I think it was the postman that postman, realized that. Uh, yeah. I guess he was warm down in there at least. Yeah. But I tell you what, <laughs> hey, he'd be surprised. Hey, he'd be surprised how many thousands of dollars he got where people see him running. Is that right? Yeah. I'm talking about over hundreds of thousands. Wow. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm fall through the toilet again. What is it? Yeah, He could play a banjo right or there, right guitar, guitar or anything like that. He was good on that. Yeah, that was national news on that happened. Yeah, it really happened, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 40 gallons of water, and he was complaining about his water bill going up. It didn't go up none. It just, I told him, I said, come here and run that thing about 3,000 gallons on the ground. I said, you're going to pay the same amount as you used to Yeah, the, the first 3,000 is the same. Right? Yeah. Flat rate. They're planning on putting smart meters on top of these wells that people have on their property. They're mm -hmm. thinking about doing that now. I heard that too. Yeah. Well, just uh, your own wells? Yeah. yeah. Just take it right off. Yeah, mine might be damaged somehow. No, I was going to ask a question about paradise. Me, me okay, we're going to talk about something Bob wanted to talk about. He's been derailed three times now. So I'm sure this is very important. What Earl said last week. So he's talking about paradise being something completely different than Sheol or Hades. Well, as far as these different names, it depends on the language you're talking about here or whatever. You know, we see this in Luke. Um, it's in Luke uh, 16, I guess it is. Uh, the uh, Abraham's bosom. Yeah. Uh, and, you know. That's paradise. And, and but Earl said it was. No, uh, he didn't. Yes, he did. He said it's a completely different place. 
Well, the, you know, the uh, what we go by is the Bible God has given us, and I wanted to I wanted to expound on that too tonight because God doesn't sit helplessly enthroned while man just monkeys up uh, the most prolific translation of His Word in human history, and you know so. If there are subtle differences in the way something might be said, and there might be a place where something makes no doctrinal difference whatsoever that one may read one way or something or other. But the King James, it, we've got to have a standard, folks. Mm-hmm. We have to have a standard by which others are measured. What we know about the King James is it's been proven in use over 400 years. Uh, and, you know, yes, it's gone through a couple of revisions in the 1800s just because of the way we speak, things change. The way we say things over over the generations change a bit. But, um, you know, uh, we don't see Sheol here. We do see paradise. We don't even see Hades. Now, are these the other words? Sure. We see hell, and we see paradise, and we see heaven. Now, Paul, Where's that at? Paul in Second Corinthians 12 went up to paradise. Um, I'll get to the prayer list in a moment now that we're on a roll in another direction. Let's do it. Second Corinthians 12. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he talked about... Uh, Verse 12, I'm sorry, chapter 12, verse 1, it's not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Paul's talking about himself. He says, I knew a man in Christ. He's trying not to glory. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. He went to the third heaven, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities." For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth. But now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. In other words, unless I get the big head, Paul says... (laughs) There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me." The only minister I've seen make good sense out of this has been Perry Stone. And he made the point that this is not a bad back. This is not bad eyesight. This is not a trick knee. 
Paul had the apostolic gift of healing, and he hung around with a bunch of other guys that did too. And we can have that gift today if we only believe, but that's a whole nother sideline. What is this infirmity? Uh, what is this a thorn in the flesh? It's a tendency to sin. And you want to look at Romans 7 and starting about verse 15, and you'll see that Paul says, what I'm doing, I don't want to do, and what I don't want to do, that's what I do. He talks about how he mentions covetousness in that chapter. You know, I wouldn't have known what covetous was unless it had been for the law. He'll tell you in Colossians, when he mentions covetousness, and he says, which is idolatry. To covet is to idolize. I want your car. I want your home. I want your spouse. It's to idolize. So what then do you need grace for? Because God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. You need grace when you sin against God. Grace doesn't fix a bad back. It doesn't fix poor eyesight. You need healing then if you want it. And if it's God's will, you need healing. You know, and they said Paul's vision was not good. He couldn't see too well. But it didn't stop him from all of the um, escapades he went on and, and so forth. When you sin against God, Paul is saying, take this away from me, this messenger of Satan. He's called a messenger of Satan. You know, well, it's a little buffeting spirit, evil spirit, saying, look at that cloak that fellow has. Wouldn't you like to have a sword like that? Oh, look there. That, that team of horses and chariot just blew the dust all over you on the way to Macedonia. And here you are walking. Wouldn't you like to have that? This is sin and, and not being content with such things as you have, which we have command in Scripture to be content with such things as you have. Um, Paul is told that God's grace is sufficient. Okay, I'm weak. I have infirmities. What kind of infirmities is he talking about? The tendency to sin. Paul was saying, get this little devil off my back. Get this thing off my back so I can be a more perfect servant. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And I think that's the right understanding there. You know, as far as being caught up, he was caught up. He was shown the third heaven. He does refer to it as paradise. Verse 4 of uh, 2 Corinthians 12. Jesus told the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. How did that work? Well, that, that area where Christ would have gone to bring captivity out, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, of course Moses, all the Old Testament saints, those that we know and those that we don't know, where were they? Well, I'll tell you where they weren't. They weren't in front of the throne of God the Father. Because why? Because there's one avenue to God the Father. That's through Jesus Christ. They didn't have him yet. They didn't have their Messiah yet. They were waiting. And uh, so it's not a huge deal what you call these places other than you can uh, get kind of tripped up. Well, this is Sheol and this is Hades and this is whatever you want to call it. Does that place still exist, that place away from 
God the Father for those that are held in blindness, the Jewish people who are held in blindness? In my opinion, yes. I base that on what we see in Romans 11. It says in verse 28, as far as the, the gospel is concerned, they're enemies for your sakes. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on the count of their fathers. Romans eleven twenty eight says, as concerning the gospel, it's talking about the Jewish people. They are enemies for your sakes. Well, they're enemies of the gospel. But as touching the election, they're beloved for the Father's sakes. And it says in verse 29, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God doesn't break his covenants. He made a covenant with Israel. And then he kept a remnant of Israel that uh, would be held. In my opinion, based on Romans 11, they're held where the Old Testament saints, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were held, and all the others, <coughs> Moses. Now, did Jesus lead captivity out from there? Yeah. To me, that's pretty clear. From We see that in Ephesians. We see it alluded to in Peter, one of the Peters. Um, so your question was, where is this paradise? If it's one and the same with Sheol and Hades, I know there's two different chasms over there, one for the believers and one for the non-believers. Mm-hmm. But when Earl brought that up, you, to me it sounded like paradise was someplace different from these, what we're just talking about. To me, paradise would have to be Abraham's bosom, yeah, referred to in Luke chapter 16. And then they look across the gulf to, we call that Hades, um, because yeah, it talks about the rich man that went to hell yeah. and looked. He, he could see across that gulf, but he yeah. couldn't get across there. So, um, yeah. Make sure I'm still tracking here with the... i got to get our prayer card up on Facebook because people look for that. And we're honored that they do and they join us in prayer. Well, I'll just post it down on Bank Steel's Facebook page. <laughs> I hate how Facebook works. Sometimes I, I just really do. Um, switching you back and forth like that. Um, okay, give me just a second. But, you know, Jesus leads captivity out of there. And... Um, that doesn't mean the place does not continue to exist for the sake of those that are held in blindness until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. And those are the ones that kept the covenant. Yeah, they're God's they're not born again, but they kept the covenant with yeah. God. God said, if you do this, this, and this, then you do this, this, and this. Yeah. And they will make it to heaven before God the Father, but not until... They are, you know, witnessed to, in my opinion, by the witnesses in uh, Revelation 11. They're dead three days. And um, so they, once they're, the blinders are off and they are shown who their Messiah is, then they're, they're clear to come through Christ. And we can really get wrapped around the axle deciding when they show up on planet earth <laughs> uh, as you read revelation but it's uh 
it's worth considering. You know, everybody would like for the Bible to this. They want the Cliff Notes version. That's what people want. They want the quick start guide. They want what you can still get away with and go to heaven. That's it. <laughs> and and that's pretty, you know, you can get away with just simply, you know, Romans chapter 10. Believe that who he is. He says who he is. He, you know, he died and, and rose again for, for our sins. You believe that. You got it. But you're missing out on so much. You know. Uh, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, not do the things I say? Be gone from me. I never knew you. Yeah. You know, that's the way I look at it. And you can't. Just get that get out of hell card free and sin away yeah. the rest of your life. No, and and you know if you're truly born again, you're not you going to want to sin. You're not going to want to do that. And I, I think that if you continue on with some kind of sordid lifestyle, you're going to wind up like Ananias and Sapphira. You're going to get whacked. You don't make it to heaven, but they go there a little bit before. You got a little early, yeah. And <clears throat> you know, First uh, Corinthians three shows us that as well. Let's join hands. And, we have the prayer list here. And Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time that we can come together in fellowship. Lord, we we love you. And we wouldn't know what to do without you. I would not want to be living in this day and age without being as close to you, God, as possible. And I thank you for your, your grace toward me because I lean heavily on it every minute of every day. We have uh, Matt King, uh, uh, my friend Mark, his brother, asked for blessings and wellness for Matt, and we're lifting him up. Our prayer team, Gail, Janice, and Ruby, and friends of the study and the podcast, and all of them know who they are. Uh, Sam, for blessings as he soon embarks on his career with the Marine Corps, and we pray for Jack Mullen, and just pray God that he continues in wellness and he is wanting to now be baptized and we praise you god for that we do uh, president trump and his family lord he has angelic protection it sure seems like you know i know that just one of your mighty angels could crush any kind of a weapon formed against him if in fact he is your anointed for this time and god we know that he is a fallible human being we also, if we read our Bibles, know that so was King David. And Lord, I've heard people say, well, Trump was no King David. Well, you know, that's true. But your grace is sufficient for them both. And you raise up leaders and you set them down according to your word. Marcos, for his son, salvation in Christ. Our children and our grandchildren. We pray for truth to prevail in this age we're living in. We pray for Mike for peace on the loss of his sister and other family members of Bob's. And pray that our government would uh, sort things out for the truth. I don't know uh, when that'll be. This whole situation with Ukraine and the Middle East. We pray that your will get is done. Eric and Rex and Ted, John, uh, Texas, the border situation and the fires down there. And Lord, I pray that if any corrupt agency of government lit those fires to punish Texas, Lord, I pray that you would instantly track down every individual that had anything to do with that and put them in their final resting place if it would not be too much to ask. We pray for our country. We pray for Jumaine and Jamal Fleming 
and the brothers uh, going through a, a kidney failure situation, need of uh, transplants, God help them. Veterans, and again, the people of Texas, and uh, situation in the Middle East, pray for Osman. I'd like to hear from him, Lord, if, if he could reach out. And pray for uh, children and um, and for our country. And Lord, you can read this handwriting. And we pray for Holly and we pray for Tommy and their blessings for them. And we pray this, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. What did they do to Texas? I didn't hear that story. They lit a fire down there. A big, a big one. Burned about a million acres. Yeah. Is it that direct energy weapon system they're using? Could be. Could be. Yep. Yep. Are any cities in jeopardy? Uh, I haven't checked. I don't know. Um, it's unfortunate we're living in an age where we can't even trust the news in the first place. So Mark chapter 12. Verse 28, it says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? He's asking Jesus this. Jesus answered him, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. We see elsewhere, you know, Jesus talks about this. You know, you want to you meet his expectations when you're looking at the Ten Commandments. Well, do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? Um, it's simplified here. Love the Lord with all your strength, your heart, all your mind, your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you're doing that, you're on the right track. And if you're on the right track, then you can begin to avail yourself of the blessings that God promises to all of us. Uh, Look at Proverbs 4. So, uh, starts out, Here, you children, the instruction of a father and attend to know understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. Well, his law, his doctrine. He's telling you what he expects of you. If you can love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, and strength, and you can love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to go wrong in pleasing the Lord with regard to his law. A lot of people make a big issue. Oh, you're not keeping the Sabbath. That's one of the Ten Commandments. You're not keeping the Sabbath. If you're in Christ, guess what? 
you're keeping the Sabbath. You have rested from your work. The Sabbath was always a picture of exactly that, resting from your work. See, the Hebrew people had work to do in order to maintain their uh, good standing with God. If you look at Hebrews, the book of Hebrews makes it very clear that you're all right with God. If you are in Christ, you've rested from your work. You've entered into that rest. Do you all remember seeing this? Um, and I probably struggle to put my finger right on it, but I'm going to try. Uh, you, you, you rested from your work. <clears throat> Chapter 4 of Hebrews. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us, of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. You do not want to come short of entering into the Lord's rest. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, nor being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day, the Sabbath, right, on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from his works, and in this place again, if they shall enter my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying to David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. If you don't believe, you're not in that rest. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have entered what you've entered the Sabbath rest. You have entered what the Sabbath day was a picture of the whole time. So back to Proverbs four, verse three: For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, her wisdom. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom. Wisdom is the knowledge of God and the things of God. If you don't have wisdom, then you need to ask for it. Uh, James chapter 1 says, ask, God will give you wisdom. You have to really want it. And also, what else? According to that scripture in James 1, you have to believe that you're going to get wisdom. <clears throat> Say, Lord, I want wisdom. Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom's not intelligence. Forrest, you want to run that down for us? Intelligence, knowledge, wisdom? Yeah, 
uh, thought that intelligence is something you're born with. You don't really get more um, intelligent um, knowledge. That's also different. That's what you can learn from reading books or going to school. And wisdom comes from the Lord. That's the intuitive feeling that he gives you uh, when you abide in him. And there you go. Um, so, yes, wisdom only from God. So he's telling you here, you get that wisdom. Um, verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all of the getting, get understanding. Well, we just got some understanding from what Forrest shared with us. We now understand the difference between intelligence, knowledge, and wisdom. And you don't have to have a huge amount of intelligence. In fact, intelligence can be an obstacle to coming to the truth. Uh, you know, a lot of these egg-headed science types, they, uh, they've got intelligence, but it's not the kind of intelligence that could ever save them. It's the kind of intelligence that'll put them on the wrong path, that'll put them on the hot rails to hell, as one of my favorite Blue Oyster Cult songs sings about. One foot in heaven, one foot in hell, I know. Is reasoning <laughs> and intelligence in the same track? Reasoning? Reasoning, uh, well, I mean, you can reason, you can intelligently reason. You know, you can solve these little IQ puzzles that you see pop up online and where else. You know, that's reasoning and, and, and as far as intelligence goes. But God said and in uh, Isaiah Verse 18 of chapter 1. You know, come, let us reason together. Make sure. And it speaks about the wisdom of this world. It's foolishness to God. You know, these eggheads that you're talking about, I think that's why they invented Velcro. Because some of these people I used to work around, you know, they were really brilliant people, but they just didn't have any common sense. It's like, what the heck's wrong with these Well, people? that's why those folks, those Mensa, that, you know, high IQ club. Well, I, I would call that situation just having a lot of knowledge because I know a lot of people that are not very intelligent, but they've memorized certain things and they have an abundance of knowledge to do a certain job and do it well. But, you know, you get them on something else. I mean, they, they can't retain things. They're not picking things up quick, quickly, um, stuff like that. But in their, their field, I've, I've known a lot of doctors. We've trained a lot of doctors in the shooting school. And sometimes at the end of the day, it's like, where did you, I mean, how could they get a degree? I, I mean, because I know. what we're trying to teach is so simple, and they operate on people's brains, some of them. And it's like you can memorize these through repetition, just knowledge, and do a job, even if it's, you know, being a doctor and do it well, but that doesn't make you intelligent. Johnny's trying to reason with one of y'all to let him outside. <laughs> Johnny, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I'm not even trying to bust on anybody, but, you know, uh, it do, you do see this. You know, they're highly placed professionals, and there's just the ability to connect two dots is not there. They've, been, they've had their minds poured full of knowledge, but they don't have a whole lot of intelligence. And you don't need intelligence to find wisdom, you know, uh, you don't. But, you know, there's a, a love of passage that came up today in something I was listening to. That's uh, First Timothy chapter 6. Um, certainly worth looking at here. Um, you know, Paul's counseling Timothy. 
and he says to him, the last two verses in Second Timothy, I should I said first. No, it is first. The last two verses in First Timothy. Chapter 6, verse 2021. 20, o Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science, falsely so called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be with thee. Amen. This is a controversial thing, but it shouldn't be. The more wisdom you get from God's word, and the more understanding you get from God's word, the more you'll come to realize that evolution is not real. Evolution was a satanic invention to aid atheists in trying to explain creation without a creator. And that's just not possible. You got a building, you got a builder, right? You got a painting, you've got a painter. You have a creation, and obviously you have a creator, but they don't want that. They're afraid they'll be accountable to him. And it's just too late for them because they are accountable to him. One of my favorite memes on Facebook, it has like nature standing there with a sign. The sign says, the God I don't believe in doesn't exist. God I don't believe in doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, I told one today on Twitter... I need to stay off of Twitter. That's all going up today. You know, you're, it, it was no, it wasn't Twitter. It was on Facebook and Channel uh, Ten News talking about oh, we found millions of uh, twenty twenty five million years ago. We have um, bird tracks. It's not it's not fitting the uh, narrative. And uh, you know, I just said there's no twenty to twenty five million years ago. And there's no evolution. Oh, they're talking not not bird tracks. They're talking about tails. You know. Oh, you know. How did we get rid of our tails when we evolved from? I said, first of all, we didn't evolve from monkeys. Second of all, we still got monkeys. You know. R read the creation account in Genesis. And uh, Psalm 14, verse one: The fool has said in his heart, "There is no God." They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The fool has said in his heart, "No God." So this wisdom uh, is the principal thing. Exalt her, verse 8, Proverbs 4. And she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. Embrace wisdom and get understanding, it said, and you will come to honor. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. All right, Honky. Another one goes out. Do you remember that guy, Nietzsche? Yeah, he says there's no God. Good day, that cat's heavy. Yes. That one. Nietzsche said that God is God, God is, is dead. dead. Yeah. And, and there was a caption underneath it was, Nietzsche is dead, signed God. Yeah, <laughs> and so he is. You know, and he probably didn't make it to heaven. But, you know, no one knows. Last minute confessions. You know, we don't ever assume anybody's, you know, that Rothschild character who just died, I don't think he made it. No, you can get given over to reprobate minds. Um, okay, so verse 10, Proverbs 4. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I mean, you hear it uh, talked about long life a lot, in particularly the Psalms or Proverbs. 
Now, that doesn't necessarily mean your years here in this flesh and blood body will be many. Uh, long life, your years will continue. You know, you have eternal life. You know, uh, a lot of God-fearing, decent uh, young people go on to be with the Lord early. It can be a blessing in many cases. Verse 11, I've taught thee in the way of wisdom. I've led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. So when you enter into your purpose in life, if you have wisdom, God is setting the path in front of you. He's showing you the way to go. Now that doesn't mean that well, you got to go to McDonald's today because God doesn't want you over at that Burger King. Doesn't mean that. You can take, you can be blessed wherever you go. You know, you can be blessed coming and going. It is your walk with the Lord that's important. And verse thirteen: Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Instruction, God's instruction. You know, do what he would have you to do. And how are you going to know? How are you going to know if you're not in prayer? How are you going to know if you're not reading his word? What his will for you is. Romans, uh, I think it's in chapter 12. I'm going to try to find it. Um... Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You're going to find out what the will of God is because you are renewing your mind in Christ and through prayer. And then you'll know. What is that? acceptable and perfect will of God. I like the word acceptable. He don't care which restaurant you go to. He does care how you treat the staff there at that restaurant. He does care how you conduct yourself there. But where you go doesn't seem to be an issue. Knowing that acceptable will of God knowing what his will is. What's that? Second Timothy, is it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. That's Proverbs 3, verse yeah. 5, Rick Sella. Notice how I say that. It's what? That's Proverbs 3 and 5, Rick Sella. Who's that? Jack Van Impey. You don't know Rick Sella. Oh, yeah, lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths Rexel. no I don't know that be not wise in your own eyes you don't know Jack Van Imp well, I heard the name but I don't Ray calls him Jack Van Imp but, uh, <laughs> is he still living or is he going to be with Christ I he's gone he's gone 
Boy, he had He's more. interested cat. Yeah, he had great enthusiasm. Oh, my goodness. Great enthusiasm. Yeah. He's yeah. Good. He's, good. he's gonna he's probably gonna be teaching the Bible in the millennium. Yeah. I believe that we will learn from the Word of God for throughout eternity. I think this I think the Word of God is inexhaustible. I really do. And I, I would hate to think that we wouldn't be able to. It's just so rich and it's so interesting and you know, and, and we're going to find a verse here in a minute that's going to bless you. It just will. Um, verse 14, Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not into the way of the evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief. Their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. We live in a world where people, uh, particularly they want to bring a Christian down, they want to bash on us. I had one guy today tell me some some Christian you are. This was on Twitter. And I say, you're right, I'm a pretty lousy one. I'm from the south side of the kingdom. Probably the worst one you'll ever meet. You know, probably am. (laughs) Verse 17, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect days. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. You know, when you get off the track, you get off out in the weeds, as a believer, and, and things just <laughs> calamity just starts in on you. You got to stop and ask the question. All right, Lord, trace my steps back. I see where I'm at right now. I know you haven't left me because you said you'd never leave me or forsake me. And Lord, I, my apologies for bringing you out to hear where I'm at right now. I need to go back, figure out what it is that. I need to make right in your sight and perhaps in the sight of other people. And then yeah, I'll be David prepared. had that problem, remember? He said, return unto me to the joy of my salvation. Sure. After he screwed up big time. And we can all do that. And we, you know, we really can. And, uh, you know, we can operate under generational curses. The Bible talks about it. And you can break it at the snap of your fingers. You can break that. You don't want to be living under the curse of your parents and or grandparents. You don't want that, you know. And how do you avoid that? You dedicate yourself, heart and soul, to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will make your path straight. He will see to it that you get wisdom. Verse 20, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Health to all their flesh. Are there blessings in God's word for your flesh and blood? Earthen vessel here that you're moving about in. Yep, says that there are. How do you get these blessings? By his word. I mean, just open up his word and think about it, meditate on it. And he will bless you. Not just in your in your soul, 
and spirit, he'll bless your body. He does not want you going around, you know, with trouble in your life. Now, all of us have little things that aren't perfect. But are we living? Are we living a life and serving God? Paul did. And it is widely reported that he had vision trouble. In fact, he wrote a letter and said he wrote it, and he wrote the letters big because he couldn't see well enough to write small letters. And you just couldn't pop in at your local uh, vision care center and get glasses or anything like that. But um, are you well enough to serve the Lord? Is your, is your health threatened to the point of dying? Read his word. This says that it would, it would be health to your body, health to all your flesh. Now, if you can't believe that, then guess what? It ain't going to work. But if you do believe it, you know, we're limited by our belief. What do we believe? What do we not believe? This is what, quote unquote, science, falsely so-called we read about earlier, has done to the ability of the Christian to have faith and to believe. We have been cut out of the herd to trust secular, godless, so-called doctors. Now, if I break a bone, i got to get it fixed. If I get a big cut, I have to get it sewn up. And guess what I'll never do? And I may die from it, and I don't care because I know where I'm going. I'm never going to get a, quote, checkup. Let me just go in and get a checkup because that's how a lot of people get put on the road to death. To death. <laughs> Would you agree? I agree. Oh, look at this report here. Wasn't somebody gave a bad report on one of your uncles? Uh, yeah, my uncle was, uh, let's see, he would be uh, 72. Um, he had a really, really healthy his whole life. He lives up in Pennsylvania. He went in for a regular checkup. The, the doctor that he saw said, are you feeling okay? Are you, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm good. He's like, Shit. and the doctor said, well, you, you're, you know, we, we've run some tests and, and, and you're showing, they're, we're showing uh, kidney failure to the extreme. And, and, and we, we, we got to get you, we got to get you on this medication and that. He's just... He just kind of cocked his head back and goes, hmm. Well, he made a, an appointment with another doctor, a doctor that had been a friend of the family for years. He was an elder, a little more elderly doctor. He went to him. And basically, it was caused from a reaction of a cold medicine he was taking. Didn't there wasn't anything wrong with him. Yeah, and had he listened to the first doctor. They would have weaned him off and, his kidneys. But, right. They would have put they, him they, on this medicine that he didn't need. They start people on those sugar pills to get your sugar down and wean you off your own pancreas and you'll soon be taking shots, insulin. I saw it happen to three different Fly J drivers that I supervised. Jerry witnessed yesterday a lady he knows. How many years did she think she had asthma and emphysema or something? Oh, about 30 or 40 years. Lived thinking she had all that. Never did have it. Taking the pills for it. You can't trust a lot of this stuff. It is science falsely so-called, right? Big pharma. Big pharma. I got a friend of mine who's a doctor, and he said, you come into my office, I'll find something wrong with you. They can. Oh, yeah. 
That's like taking your car to a mechanic. He's going to find something. I don't care if it's right off the assembly line. Hey, something ain't right. <laughs> so, yeah, they'll get you in a little holding pattern, and you'll be popping their gum, as Cousin Lewis used to say. <laughs> All that stuff. And uh, do you hope way more harm than good? So, verse 23, Proverbs 4, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left, remove thy foot from evil. The Psalms and the Proverbs are so full of promises that we can stand on if we are in right standing with God. And that I started with the Mark chapter 12 passage, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and, and, uh, and love your neighbor as yourself. The way that reads, and Christ mentions this elsewhere, you're doing that, you're all right in his eyes. You're all right. Is that always easy to do? Nope. As far as loving your neighbor parts, not. <laughs> you know, uh, because they will taunt you and, and you can, you know, and, and, and I'm talking about getting on Twitter and when I say, uh, Told that guy earlier, he was a fool according to Psalm 14 and 1. But Jesus said, don't call anybody a fool. You're in danger of hellfire if you do that. Here I went and done it. But, um, yeah, but you're not. Well, I'm... You know I why? Because Paul called the Galatians a fool. Yeah. He's not in danger of hellfire. No. He called them foolish Galatians. Well, he had total biblical authority to do that. Of course, I just used Psalm 14, and so I guess I could say so did I. But, uh, uh, no, but, you know, there are many blessings in all through the Psalms. You know, uh, I found this sleep meditation app uh, where they read scripture. I love it so much, and it's, you know, the majority of it's out of the Psalms, and I'm just hearing verses that I, you know, and it plays. Feeding the spirit man. Yeah, I think so. I love it. Uh, well, I mean, that's like uh, Lester Summerall and Kenneth Hagin. Both of those were generals in the gospel, and they were near death, and they couldn't read. They could. They were so sickly that they could not function, and the only reason that they lived was because they were hearing the gospel. Yeah. They were playing the gospel over and over and over again. John Hagee was at death's door, and they... He meditated Psalm 91 from the hospital bed and was restored and came back to the pulpit. You know, uh, there's power in this word if you know that that's true and if you believe it. You know, uh, Psalm 121. It's a short psalm. Let me see how far in we are here. Not quite an hour. Psalm 121. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. 
He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. If you're if you're saved, if you're in Christ, if you now this was written to at the time Hebrew people who didn't yet have their Messiah, but they had also a means of turning their hearts toward God. Paul says it was by grace that they were picked out. Uh, it's in Romans eleven. They you know it wasn't well you did all the works. They tried. They wanted to. You know, they wanted to please. I liken uh, sometimes our our doctrine and our efforts to uh, relate to God or to reach out to God like a child. They draw a picture with crayons. It's a, I call it the crayon drawing to God. You know, and your child brings you the, this drawing and says, hey, I got you drawn here. I got, here you are on the way to work. And this is the house here. And here's our dog. And it's adorable. And the dog is as big as the house. And your head is sticking through the roof of your car. The knob or the handle on the car door is the doorknob. This is a child's view of, uh, of you and the home and the dog. The sun is up there in the top of the sky and the blue comes down about an inch from the top. That's where the sky is up there at the top. They don't come to the horizon in this drawing. How long ago did you make that drawing, Forrest? <laughs> I've got some good drawings, Tom. But what do you do with that? Well, it goes on the refrigerator. It blesses you, you know, because you're looking at the heart that drew that. And they were reaching out in love, and and they drew that and conceived of it out of love. And no, it's not accurate, and it's jacked up as a football bat as far as scale and everything else. But that's not what it's about. It's about the love that went into the conception of the drawing and the execution of the drawing, the colors that were chosen. So, if your heart is right before the Lord, boy, you can get away with all kinds of stuff that you didn't know you was getting away with. Trouble in your doctrine, I call it doctrinal turbulence. Um, you know, Italian cooks say garlic covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> well, love covers a multitude of Errors in your understanding, which in time will be corrected. Remember that Peter was a Judaizer. Peter went around telling people they couldn't eat anything that wasn't on the Mosaic law menu. Telling telling, uh, Hebrew believers that they better look out and not get around those Gentiles. Was Peter correct? Nope, he was not correct. 
Was he still effective for the most part in the ministry? He was. So just know that it's how your heart is presented to God. He preached at Pentecost. That's pretty high. He, that's right. <laughs> that was one heck of a sermon. And and then, you know, and he goes off and he starts Judaizing. And Paul tries to correct him and Peter don't listen. Uh, uh, but he listened later to God when he gave him the sheet lowered down from heaven, Acts chapter 10. But Peter's a good example for so many of us. You know, you just foul up and you hate what you've done, but God restores you. He said he'll never leave you or forsake you. You know, uh, I think we should want to get our doctrine as close as possible to what's right, what's accurate. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be perfect. You know, you have a heart toward God. You know, uh, John MacArthur has a heart toward God. I've watched him preach enough to know that he does. He loves the Lord. He's a Calvinist. But though I disagree with Calvinism, I would not say John MacArthur is not a brother in Christ. I just know that he is. And uh, maybe I've got some doctrinal foul-ups that I need to get ironed out. Those Blue Oyster Cult songs. Oh, I love Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, that's one of my... Well, they got a song called Hot Rails to Hell. I just don't want to be on those rails. Um, no, uh, I'll just leave it at that for tonight. Uh, where's your heart? Do you have a heart for God? And one of the ways you can often know you got a heart for God is you have a heart for others. You have a servant's heart. You want to help. You want to give. You want to come alongside someone in prayer. That's what God wants to see, right? So whatever you do, don't work work in retail. Stay out of retail. <laughs> you never know what will happen there. Hey, I drove a truck 25 years. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, show you a little thing before we quit. And some of you have heard this before. I was running for Flying J at Interstate 81 northbound there about that. Um, where New River <coughs> Sports Exit is, what is that, 89? <laughs> Hammer down. Well, I was in the left lane. I was passing a couple of trucks I saw was going slower. I'm empty. Here comes this dude around me on the right pulling a 53-foot trailer and barely clears my hood. He had to whoop it in the left lane to keep from rear-ending one of them trucks in front of him. And I said, good day. I picked up the CB mic. I said, doggone driver. I was quiet for a few seconds. And then somebody come on there and said, doggone driver, who are you talking to? I said, I'm talking about that cracker head that about took my hood off. He said, oh, you're in the left lane back there. You need to get that truck out of the left lane if you don't want that to happen. I said, that was reckless. Man, that ain't cool. I mean, he really could have hit me, and then here we'd both have been. You know, and he said, nope. He said, I'm telling you the truth. He said, if you don't like it, you don't have to like it. He said, I told you the truth. He said, and the truth will set you free. And I said, you know, that is true. The truth will set you free. The Lord Jesus Christ said that, and I know it, and it's true. He said, that's right. He said it, and that's that, that that's true.
he started stammering a little bit. I said, do I have a brother on the other end of this microphone? He said, yeah. He said, I, he said, I am. He said, I'm a believer. I said, I got a feeling he ain't too happy with either one of us right now. I said, I done called you a crackerhead and I don't even know what else. He said, I know you're right. He said, I know you're right. <laughs> so I said, let's just, uh, let's just know that we're going to do better. And he said, I'll do better. And I said, I'll do better. But that's two people got angry on the highway who happened to both belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when that common denominator became front and center, it changed our our mindsets, his, his and mine too. Sure enough. All right, Ray's yawning. I done put him to sleep, so let's, uh, y'all join hands. Gordon, have I called on you in a while? You want to go for it? I can. Do it. Dear God above, we are very thankful for this opportunity to have this prayer study. And bless everyone here and look over our prayer list and help all the people in the Far East that you can. Anything you can do to help, be fine. Make sure everybody gets home safe tonight. In God's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.